Hello, I'm Rob Beckett. And I'm Josh Whittacombe. Welcome to Parents in Hell, the show in which Josh and I discuss what it's really like to be a parent, which I would say can be a little tricky. So, to make ourselves, and hopefully you, feel better about the trials and tribulations of modern day parenting, each week we'll be chatting to a famous parent about how they're coping. Or hopefully how they're not coping. And we'll also be hearing from you, the listener, with your tips, advice and, of course, tales of parenting woe. Because let's be honest, there are plenty of times when none of us know what we're doing. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hello, you're listening to Parents in Hell with... Grace, can you say... Yeah. Beckett. Mm, Beckett. And Josh Widdicombe. Josh Widdicombe. Very good. Oh, that was was one of the cutest we've had for ages. Hello, this is my daughter Grace. It was lovely. That was very sweet. This is my daughter Grace, who's eight... Doing your intro. <laughs> this is my daughter Grace doing your intro. She was two at the time, and now she's three. I recorded this last year. Never sent it, as I found out I was pregnant again shortly after, and life got too busy for me to send it. I'm never- <laughs> Welcome to my world. Honestly, mate. That is, I'd say, a three-second job. I know, but fuck me. But that'd be a nice tick on the to-do list, wouldn't it? Yeah. Sending voice note to podcast feels like a really big thing. I've got to buy the school photos after this. Talking apparently. Have you forgot to do it? Yeah, I've just remembered that's on my to-do list. What's your to-do list looking like? It's not too bad. My to-do list is, uh, I can tell by my inbox, because what I do with my inbox mm. is I mark as unread any emails that need replying to. Right, okay. And what are you up to? And so that's a good sign. I'm on six, which isn't too oh, bad. that's lovely. Oh, and one of them is Michael's intro to this. So that knock that down. That's five. <laughs> <laughs> He's flying, this guy. I'm absolutely cooking on gas. <laughs> So we cut you off. What are you saying about Grace? Yeah. Recorded last year. Never sent it as I found out. I was pregnant again shortly after and life got too busy. I'm now writing this during a night feed. Oh, fucking hell. I've just seen when it was sent. <laughs> With my son, four months during which I suddenly remembered this recording I had on my phone for my daughter. Sent 24th of November. <laughs> this was sent Friday night at 11 minutes past three. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, is, that is, I think 3am is the worst hour, don't you think? Yeah. Because 2am, there's times where you've been up at 2am and go, bloody hell, it's got to 2am. Yeah. At 5, sometimes you get up early at 5 if you've got a busy day or whatever, 3am. My brother used to work at a flower market, he used to have to get up at midnight. Oh my God. <laughs> my son woke up at 3.30 the other night. Yeah. So he's good at sleeping through. Mm. So the problem is... You get used to them sleeping through, so when they don't, it's suddenly such a shock to the system. Yeah. And so I end up going back to bed. I went in, because as we've discussed, he's too attached to Rose, so she couldn't possibly go in at night because it would wake him up. Yes, of course, yeah. Which I think is some of the greatest PR yeah. spin. I think Rose should be like a politician spin doctor. Because yeah. also what she's done there is got out of doing it and also gone, Annie likes him more on you, so he's a little yeah. slap in the ass for you. <laughs> He loves me more on you, so why don't you put that shift in? See you later, boy. (laughs) 
off you go. <laughs> Give you something to chat about your little podcast, mate. Fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> I got back to bed. I couldn't get back to sleep. Really? I forgot that when you can't get back to sleep, you start to worry about things that you just never yeah. worry about in the day. When I'm tired, that's when it creeps in. I had today, weirdly, I've been quite busy, but it's been really fun. I've been doing loads of stuff for the kids, but I have been super busy with Christmas gigs and stuff like that. In the run up to Christmas, there's loads of gigs and stuff like that. I just out of nowhere went, I don't think I'm doing enough for my kids. And I don't think I'm taking big enough interest in their education and their friendship groups. And I think they're going to go out to hate me and not get a job and not have any mates. And literally, I decided that everything that could go wrong for my children will go wrong. And it was my fault. Yeah. And I was sat in the car. I was like, where's that come from? Boy, that is mental. Yeah. And my daughter went into school so happy. She was buzzing. Yeah, because she wasn't with you. <laughs> ruining everything with your terrible parenting oh god but sometimes i can be in the best headspace ever you can just wake up and i had it the other day where i was like everything is shit i don't want to get out of bed and i just won't be able to do anything today yeah you know when you have that and then and i know it sounds wanky those gratitude lists which i always feel like oh write down your gratitudes in a journal no but that really works but it does i literally was like right i'm going to put all that aside and my view of that being a bit wanky and just do it and i got up and i had a shower and it was really hot and it was freezing that morning. Yeah. I was, I was so lucky to have a warm shower. Isn't that nice? And just sort of focus on the little bits. Yeah. And then we got in the car and then my other daughter wasn't very well. So she went in and let us sit in the front. This was a couple of weeks ago. And then she went in happy to school and I was driving and the car was working and it was warm. Yeah. And I've had cars before where the heater don't work and you keep having to rock the windscreen. Yeah. So just doing yeah. those little bits. Yeah. And that helped. And then you can sort of get a bit of momentum then and turn it the other way where otherwise you can wallow, can't you? Especially in... Oh. I love doing five gratitudes in the morning, Rob. So do you do it every day? I try to. Do you repeat them, though? Does that happen sometimes where you go... Yeah, I always do my big dick. That's <laughs> always on the list. Four gratitudes in the old Corey. <laughs> Massive Corey one. <laughs> nice carpet so I don't rub the bell on the hard wooden floor <laughs> as I walk. Sorry, it's a bit gratuitous, isn't it, that? Yeah. I like the word Corey, though, for penis, don't you? Yeah, yeah. That's good, that. What's the rhyming slang? I don't know if there is rhyming Sam Corey. I thought Corey might be a traveller word. Corey penis. Oh, God, this is a difficult search. It's vulgar slang for the penis. Yeah, it is vulgar. Or you can call someone Corey. Where does Corey come from? Freddie Flintoff's son is called Corey. Really? Yeah. Where does the word... I've put in where does the word, and I'm obviously going to write Corey. Nonce came up first. <laughs> no, don't put that in. It must be a southern thing then, because if Freddie's called his son Corey, it's just a name up north. Yeah, yeah. But down south, it means your penis. I heard it before, but I liked it. Instantly, I knew what it meant. You've not heard Corey before? No, but when you said it, I thought, well, I understand what he means and I like it. Yeah. <laughs> the context's enough. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think it might be a traveller word. There we go. Interesting. Yeah, we're all learning, aren't we? We're learning. Susie Dent. I'd have Susie Dent on here. She got kids? Yeah, it's Romany. It's a Romany word. Ah, Borrowed from the Anglo-Romany core, core, corey penis. Core, core, corey penis. <laughs> core, core, corey penis. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. That's enough of that. Let's do some correspondence. We haven't done any for ages and we are well behind. No, let's do some bloody correspondence. Yeah, exactly. Because we're rude. We ask for all this stuff and then we don't get around to doing it. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, people know where they stand. I've got a long one here, Josh. Oh? Called... <laughs> don't want to talk about your Corey, mate. Right, okay. Called Dog Carnage Fail, but also Name for Grandparents. So I might do Name for Grandparents first. Hi, Josh, Rob, and Sultry, Michael. Okay. When my Ooh. husband was little, he had one nan just called Nan. <laughs> okay, thanks, yeah. for your, thanks for your correspondence. Is that it? <laughs> 
<laughs> Thanks, Remo. No, there's more. Called Nan. And a second Nan called Nan with the Cats. Oh, yeah. When Nan Cats died, in order to still distinguish Nan between cats. the two Nans, she became Nan without the Cats. Poor Nan had a reminder of her diseased cats every time. Oh, no. So when the cats died. Oh, my God. <laughs> she became Nan without the Cats. Yes. So my poor Nan had a reminder of her deceased cats every time my husband and two oh. brothers referred to her. Love the podcast. OG listener Lucy from Chester. There you go. There we go. That is good. That is good. Do you want a harsh nickname? I've just highlighted that in red so we know we've done it, guys. Just that's a little bit of admin. Little peek behind the curtain. Yeah. We've got a Google Doc, haven't we, Josh? Two. Right. Am I a modern boomer, Rob? Go on. We discussed this the other day, didn't we? Yes, because people sent in a, a message about things they do with their kids. And I was like, well, that actually is boomer parenting, but in 2023. Yeah. So we are accepting entries for modern boomers. Yeah. I had a particularly challenging day with my three-year-old, and he's been a total asshole all day. <laughs> yeah, you are a modern boomer. End of email. <laughs> Calling the child an asshole. As part of my bedtime routine, we sing Old MacDonald with three animals whilst counting down the animals on my fingers. For the last one, I just flipped him the bird and held it while I sang. Oh. He was none the wiser, and it made me feel a tiny bit better about the day. <laughs> Not my finest parenting moment. And thankfully, my partner was out, so couldn't see me on the video monitor. Thank you. I'm going to leave her anon. I think that's okay because that's not affecting the child. And the child doesn't know. Yeah. Because you're not, you're really giving the situation the middle finger, not. Yeah, exactly. If you do that, lock eyes and go, what I'm doing here is offensive and you're a fucking arsehole. I'd say no. Yeah, I agree. I'd say don't do that. But I think Little Bird's yeah, fine, isn't it? Little Bird told me. But my daughter's been doing that, doing peace. You know, they love doing the peace sign for photos, but they've started yeah. doing it the other way around. Uh, so we've had to tell them that's rude. But now they know it's rude, they love it. Now they know it's rude, that's double the problems. Yeah. Do you want another boomer while we're here? Uh, yeah, I'll take a boomer. Your recent conversation around reverse boomer parenting and child not brushing their teeth made me want to share a story. Mm-hmm. When I was about seven and we were due to go on holiday to Spain, my mum told me that in Spain there were tooth inspectors who knock on the door to check you brushed your teeth. And she forgot she said it. And while we were on holiday, she was a bit miffed where I constantly smelt minty. I took a whole week for the penny to drop. I was brushing my teeth 20 times a day. No. In fear of the tooth inspector. Oh, God. Fast forward 36 years, and whilst my six-year-old son is good at brushing his teeth, he's very sensitive to taste, smell, sensations, and refuses to use minty fluoride age-appropriate toothpaste. I've still not taken him to the dentist, but I felt I needed to get my ducks in a row before I take him, so the dentist doesn't tell me off. (laughs) So firstly, we got him to stop sucking his thumb, which was surprisingly quick and easy given how insanely stubborn my son is. Then one evening, while I was exceptionally tired from work, I decided to tackle the minty toothpaste, but he was digging his heels in. So you've guessed it. I told him there were teeth police who check up on children randomly. Police? That's gone up a level. Now they've got power. Yeah. Inspector will just report back to the council. (laughs) To make sure. Police could arrest you. Exactly. Oh, 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 stop stabbing him. There's a kid over here with smelly breath. (laughs) To make sure they use minty toothpaste. He asked what happened if they didn't. So I told him that he would be sent to prison. No. That's not going to help our overstuffed prisons, is it? No. I even said my friend Sally from school had her mum go to prison because she didn't use mint. Right, this woman's mental. Oh, so she's put it on herself. No, she was told this as a kid and it freaked her out and she brushed her teeth 20 times a day, which is going to have a terrible impact on the gum. Yeah. Gums recede, man. Yeah, receding gums. Receding gums, Murphy. They do not come back. Now... She's done it to her own kid. <laughs> yeah. 
I didn't like getting told off by the dentist. Can I just take you to the end of this, Rob? Please. I'm not a fan of foreplay. Finish me off. Cue the tears, or should I say terrified sobs, of, I don't want you to go to prison, Mummy. At this point, I really should have stopped because his fear of minty toothpaste was equal to his fear of me going to prison. So it really wasn't a predicament. But nope, I continued. Well, what do we do to stop me going to prison? Which, about a good 40 minutes later, resulted in brushing his teeth through sobs. I still feel guilty, but I was exceptionally tired. I just think having a fill-in's less hassle. Yeah, and I felt I'd gone too far to back down. A few days later, I decided, can't you get a different flavoured toothpaste? A few days later, I decided to tell him I was fibbing and apologised, <laughs> but before I had a chance, one evening while brushing his teeth, he looked at me and said, Mummy, I know you weren't telling the truth about the tooth inspector. And I just smiled, and we left it there. Thanks for the great podcast. It's the highlight of my week. <laughs> I'm not surprised after hearing that. You're just sobbing in the bathroom, brushing teeth. <laughs> Her name is Lou from Bromley, Kent. Hopefully my location makes up for me being an evil mum, she's put. Do you reckon that's my Lou that's admitting to that on the podcast? Well, it's a boy. It's a boy, isn't it? Right, well, unless she's got another kid I don't know about. Yeah, 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 of course, yeah. No wonder she's tired. She's hiding a boy in the house. No, <laughs> um, no I just think, saying that you're going to go to prison because you don't brush your teeth helpful, is it? Who am I to judge? Well, that's boomers for you, Rob. That's boomers, young or old. That's modern boomers. Do you want dog carnage fail? Yeah, big time. Dear Rob and Josh, my wife and I were owners of two dogs before we had children. When we heard we were pregnant, we began making adjustments to our home life in preparation for our newborn. The dogs were kept out of certain rooms. They were no longer allowed upstairs and they had to now sleep in the kitchen, etc. It took some getting used to for the dogs, but once our son was born, they soon adapted. As new parents, we received presents from very generous friends and family, one of which was a Johnson's baby set, including shampoo and baby oil. Many of these baby toiletries were then arranged nicely in the storage compartments of our new baby changing table that we kept in the dining room. We were adjusting to our new family dynamics when one night I was awoken by my wife who had heard some strange noises coming from downstairs. Like most husbands would do, I told her not to worry. It was just the dogs and they would settle back down soon, ignoring whatever was happening as I wanted to go back to some much needed sleep. Classic. Several several hours later, my wife woke me again and she had heard some more commotion downstairs. I couldn't ignore it this time and had to go down. As I opened the door to the kitchen slash dining room, I was met with utter carnage. The dogs had managed to bite through the bottle of Johnson's baby oil and drink the entire bottle. Oh, my God. As you can imagine, a full bottle of oil will play havoc on even the most irregular of digestive systems. Oh, my word. And the dogs had emptied their well-lubricated bowels all over the kitchen. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. (laughs) The wretched smell was so revolting, I really can't compare it to anything I'd ever had the misfortune Oh, my God. Oh, my God. A lubed-up dog shit, basically. (laughs) We're back to the worst smells we've ever smelt again. Remember that yeah, feature? Yeah. yeah, that was good, that. Did I tell you about the onion in a cupboard? No. When my mate was at uni, someone had cut an onion in half and put it in a Tupperware yeah. box and put it in the cupboard, not the fridge, and left it there for six months. Oh, my God. And we opened it until this day. Oh, my God. The worst smell. Anyway. Do you know when I went to uni, Rob? Yeah. So, like, this was the first day I went to uni. Yeah. My dad took me to the supermarket and he was like, I'll do a supermarket shop with you before I go. Yeah. Classic. Great parenting 101. Can't wait to do it myself. Oh, well, actually, I won't yeah. because I'll be a mess. But anyway. Just <laughs> crying in the aisles, buying potatoes. I think I was the first one into my kind of flat thing. Yeah. So I just put everything in my room and then I just didn't really think about the stuff. <laughs> and then about 
three weeks in, I was like, what's that smell? And there was just like bags of rotting vegetables under my bed. (laughs) (laughs) And I just can't believe, it's the only time I've seen juice coming off a potato. (laughs) I thought potatoes would just go dry. But it was so mouldy or something. It was exuding a liquid of some sort. Don't they? Sometimes you can see the little roots coming out of them when they've been left in the cupboard. Yeah, that happened to my mate at uni. I went round his. He went, "Do you want a pizza?" I went, "All right." And then he went to his cupboard. Yeah. I was like, "What's he doing?" He went, "I'm getting the pizza out." I went, a cupboard <laughs> pizza, and he got it out. It was covered in mould. He went, oh, it's gone mouldy. It must be off. I went, yeah, because it's in the cupboard, mate. It needs to be in the fridge. <laughs> and he went, oh, I didn't know. I used to work with him at fucking Safeways in the chiller section. <laughs> that might be a good one. Any kid drop-off stories or your first week without your parents? First week without your parents and parents dropping off their teenagers at uni stories, please, because it's something it's coming around fast, Josh. We need to get prepped for this. And there'll be people doing it you know, or have just done it. So that's a big day, isn't it? One of my most vivid memories is the end of Freshers' Week. Ran out of condoms, did you? <laughs> Too bloody right, mate. <laughs> yeah, Freshers' Week. At the end of Freshers' Week. It was fucking incredible, Rob, Freshers' Week. I just went out on the lash every night. <laughs> and I didn't used to get hangovers in those days. That's because you was pissed again the next day. It was just like, I can't believe this is happening. I checked my bank account and I'd spent 400 quid in a week. <laughs> I couldn't believe it had happened. I just couldn't understand what had happened. It's only a quid a beer as well. I know, but because it was Freshers' Week, I'd go to like mm. the introductory things. They go, you got to buy all these books. And I was like, all right, I bought a book. So you're just buying all these books I never read, obviously. <laughs> yes. Going out every night, all this food rotting under my bed. <laughs> Loved it. I went in the glory years when it was like anyone could go and it was cheap. That was the thing also, yeah. Because it was like, why not? The fees were well cheap. You got a loan that covered all your accommodation and fees. Yeah. You just could pay off whenever. And yeah. it was good for me because it got out of my little bubble of South East London and sort of could yeah. see the slightly wider world. I mean, I was only in Canterbury. I didn't go far, but... And the thing about you, Rob, is your personality shows that you got out of that South East London bubble. <laughs> You you couldn't put a finger on where I'm from. No, exactly. exactly. I'm not a chameleon. I just sort of get out of that southeast London bubble and just since then I never look back. You know, you wouldn't know. I'm like Gary Oldman. You are a citizen of the world. <laughs> yes. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a vagabond. I'm a travelling, three-wheeling guy. That was the thing about it. Like, we sound like old bastards again. But, like, it was cheap. It was just like, why wouldn't I do this? Yeah. Because I didn't have to pay fees. And that's what it should be like, so young people could explore the world rather than just being forced into doing whatever your dad did. Yeah. You know, that's the big argument, isn't it, at the moment? It'll get all political now. Can I just say one more thing about money at uni? Yeah. One of my friends, at the end of the first year, she thought that the bank reset your overdraft to zero. At the end of the month? At the end of the year. So she was like, don't worry, it's the end of this year, back to zero. No. Yeah. Short, sharp, shock lesson. That's the thing about my kids. I'm just like, you know, now they do the thing where you go to the cinema to watch something and then Trolls is on Sky and it's like 15 quid. Yeah. And you can't rent it. You just have to buy it and it's on straight away. I'm just like, yeah. Can we have that? I was like, no. I was like, what? I was like, no, it's 15 quid. Wait. They were like, what? <laughs> you got 15 quid? 
They're like, no, we'll wait then. No, like, you've got 15 quid, haven't you? Yeah, I know, but I don't know what you do. <laughs> but then I feel like I'm just doing it to be like mean. Yeah. <laughs> just go like, well, when I was growing up, I couldn't just have that straight away. So you're not. Yeah, it is weird, isn't it? Because you're like, I could afford to buy you that soft toy. What am I proving? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. What point am I proving it? But I always do it over the little things. Then I'll go like, yeah. I'll be in Starbucks and I go, can we have a Frappuccino? And I'll do like 12 quid, not even think about it. And like, they could have had that film. Yeah. And they just don't even drink it. Well, I kind of say to myself, my children don't understand money yet, so it doesn't really matter. Yes, I know what you mean. She's not going to go, but wait a minute, you spent 20 quid on me when I was a five-year-old. Yeah. It's just a bloody, oh God. <laughs> anyway, back to oily dog poo. As you may be aware... Oil is not the easiest substance to clean, especially mixed no. with dog shit. Oh, my God. And worse still, for some reason, I will never understand, the dog still found the baby oil that had been excreted from their body irresistible and were busy lapping it up again, ready for round two. Oh, oh my fucking God. hell. Fucking hell. This is horrible. <laughs> so as he's on his knees cleaning it, they're eating it. <laughs> oh, fuck that. There were several more days of recycled shitty baby oil having to be cleaned up quickly before the dogs were able to devour it. This never ends. Jesus Christ. Thankfully, because it was safe for the use on babies, the dogs were absolutely fine, but it did take a while for the smell to disappear. However, it will always be burnt into my memory. Now, we weren't put off by the experience, and as well as our two Bichons, we now have two sons aged five and seven, but I must add... We have never actually used baby oil on either of our children. I'm not sure the purpose of a, on a newborn. So as a warning to anyone buying presents for their new parents, please, please, please don't buy baby oil for anyone with dogs. Thanks, Steve the Wirral. Jesus. Bloody Nora. The things that guy's seen. Things that guy's seen. Bichons as well. They're airy dogs, so it's all over there. You're going to have to bath the dog. Yeah. They're furry little oh. bastards, eh? I imagine that scooting around the floor covered in oil. Oh, dog poo. God, 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 God. Labradors are greedy dogs. Labradors, I've seen eat their own shit, and I sort of think, if a dog's a man's best friend, we're in trouble. He's <laughs> 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 just over there knocking back his own shit. Here he comes, my best mate. <laughs> By the way, I was thinking then when I was talking about uni, I was like, I've got no idea what I've said before. <laughs> if you hear a story that you've already heard before, send it in and we can at least have a list of our double story amnesty. <laughs> and then we won't do it for a third time, okay? Yeah. So if we repeat a story, we won't make a big thing of it, but just send them in. We'll read out what we've repeated and we'll promise never to do them again. And then if we go halfway through, I've said this before, we can quickly look at the document and go, yes, we have, and move on. Yeah. Because we don't want to lose you guys no. from repeating stories. So help us help you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and if we've told stories twice, but they've been different, that's because we've remembered them differently, not because we're liars. Or we've worked out a better end to the same story. So we've just changed it a bit. Yeah, it's all bollocks, really. I ain't even got kids. <laughs> that's why I don't say their names. There's that just me and Lou pretending. <laughs> I occasionally just hug a kid in the street and then put a little emoji over their head and go, oh, <laughs> great day out. <laughs> um, yeah, what's your stage fright one? Is it some tips for you? Hello, Rob and Josh. I've just listened to episode 35 with Josh speaking about his wee stage fright. I don't know if this is a Scottish reader or... <laughs> lovely, lovely. I, I honestly thought... I, was <laughs> I love a... the lack of energy into the delivery of it as well. It was yeah, so we just like... Yeah. We are all there, yeah. Honestly thought, I was weird, but I've always suffered from stage fright when going for a wee in a public toilet. You're not alone, shy Joshua. I've always had to take a friend in the toilet with me to stand with the hand dryer on so I'm able to go for a wee. Oh, God. 
This is from a, a woman, Katie Sugarman. And so she gets it in the cubicle. I don't get it in the cubicle, Rob. Oh, so in the cubicle, in a public toilet, you're in the cubicle, you're weeing immediately. Yeah, fine. Sat down, stood up. Stood up. Stood up. What about number two in the public? Yeah, I can do that. I'm getting pickier as I get older on toilets. Are you? Mm. Yeah, I mean, if I need to go, I need to go, Rob. I'd rather <laughs> get it done in a bad toilet than not get it done and have it hanging over me. Hanging in you. Yeah, hanging in me. Hanging out of you. Would you rather save it for a life of luxury? No, 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 no. If if he's got to go, it's got to go. Yeah. So, yeah, but but it's the urinals you struggle with. Yeah. Which I think is fair, isn't it? It's weird. Just yeah, it is weird. next to a bloke with your knob out pissing. Oh, I sent you that picture, Rob. Of what? Two toilets next to each other. Oh, yeah, that's weird, isn't it? That must... Why have they done that? Two normal toilets next to each other. Anyway, I have always had to take a friend to the toilet with me to put on the hand dryer... Also, if I don't have anyone to do the hand dryer, I have to put my fingers in my ears and close my eyes to be able to wee. Oh, in the cubicle. Although probably not recommended for men using a urinal. That is correct. <laughs> I would suggest to Katie Sugarman mm. to play some sound on your phone. Have you ever been in a toilet where, in a cubicle, when it's taking a bit longer and it's one of the ones where the light comes on through movement? Yeah, I've tried material on this, Rob. And you have a poo in the dark? Yeah, I've tried material on it and it yeah. sent the room cold. Yeah, it's weird what they laugh at, isn't it? And do you know what? I'm about to start stand-up again in January. Yeah. I saw it in my notes the other day and I thought, I'm going to have another go at that. because. <laughs> and then when you said it then, I thought, it's going to send the room cold again. It's going to send the room cold again. <laughs> it's not going to work. It's not going to work. It's not gonna you have work. to wave your arm about. Yeah, you have to wave your arm about. I always take it as a criticism. Like, I just think they need to set it longer. Also, I feel like, should I be putting more into my poos? Yeah, people are moving around. Are they pooing like they're jumping up for a header? Have you ever been on one of those ones where it's outside the thing? So it's not even within the cubicle, the fucking sensor. And you have to sort of like throw a toilet roll over the top, a bit like a football <laughs> like fan. Like a football fan. Yeah. Anyway, yes, I hate those and I think they should be banned. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Yeah. And then, yeah, wipe your ass by torch generally, don't you, from your phone. I've got another bit of a stuff here, Josh. Hi, Rob and Josh. Rob mentioned in the podcast that he's been trying to get rid of his kids' soft toys, but the kids get upset. We had the same problem. My tip is you can buy empty bean bags and you can fit loads of teddies in them. It keeps them out of the way, gives a nice extra seat in the bedroom, and they still have them. Oh, that's clever. That is clever, that is Nicola. Good. That is clever. I like it, Nicola. I just think I'd end up sitting on like, one of the hard noses of a bear. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've got to position them all head down, ass up, basically, them teddies. Do you know what? Might be quite nice, Rob. Just a little bear's nose. What, up your bum? Keep you on your toes. Just tickling your balls. To have a little hard bear's nose up your bum when you sit down. Do you know what? Would it be that bad? I mean, I don't know if we know each other too well now, Josh, but what's your view on things in your bottom? It's, it's a no-go area. Has it always been a no-go area? It's never really come up, no pun intended. Sure. In the sense of I've never had to turn down the offer. Right, okay, so nothing's ever been up there or offered to go up there? No, I'd say... It might be your favourite. The women that I tend to get together with are so sexually pedestrian because they've chosen me in the first place. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just saying, though, it might be your favourite. You don't know till you try, do you, Josh? Oh, I don't know. What about you, Rob? Uh, Not for me. (laughs) Just... Not not at my age in my diet. There's enough problems going out of it, never mind going going in. 
It's pretty much a one-way street. Did we feel younger even at the start of when we were doing Parenting Hell? <laughs> yes, because our kids were younger. I was in denial. And now I'm just, I've just fully accepted that I'm on the decline and just, I'm just trying to grind it out. <laughs> now, Josh, I've got a parenting fail here. Oh, that's more than my sin. Hi, Rob and Josh. We have a little boy called Arthur who's three next month. We're hoping to move house for more space this year. I went to a fancy show home on a new build estate near us at the weekend. The salespeople let us into the showroom to look around on our own before going back to the sales chat afterwards. Early on, Arthur said he needed a wee. My wife took him to the downstairs toilet and I called over for her to test if it flushed first. However, she hadn't heard me and sat him down. He started his wee before she tested the flush, which inevitably did nothing. The water was off and the plumbing hadn't been connected. This was a show home. Oh, no. To my horror, Arthur then proceeded to do an enormous adult-sized poo into the unflushable toilet. Oh, my God, no. Oh, my God, no. My wife found this hilarious, but I immediately panicked about how I would explain this enormous poo while attempting to make a serious financial offer. Eventually, I concocted a plan. Well, the value of the house has gone down. <laughs> yes. Look, mate, let's call a spade a spade. It stinks of shit in here. You're going to have to knock 10 grand off. <laughs> <laughs> Eventually, I concocted a plan which meant me scooping my child's poo from the show home toilet yeah. with my hands oh my using God. a dog mess bag into a separate bag for life, which I then smuggled into our car. Oh, oh my, God. my God. I couldn't get it through the sales pattern knowing what awaited them after we left. Tom from Eastbourne, keep up the good work. Oh, that is horrible. Oh, my God. What a horrible thing to have to do. Yeah. I had a story about someone who'd been on a sitcom or a drama or something. Mm. And um, the toilets are not on the set, aren't they? They're not connected. And on the first day, the runner, first day on TV, done a shit in the toilet. (laughs) Also, as well... A runner is the entry-level job. It's sort of like yeah. the first job in telly. You basically do whatever needs doing, coffee runs, yeah. t- telling people, what, you know. Having a shit in the toilet. Oh, my God. He or she? Didn't come back for the second day. He didn't come back for the second day. Did he? Oh, he's done a runner. Do you know what? TV's not for me. That's it. That's, do you know what? It was a good innings. <laughs> I think I'm going to publishing. Oh. oh How long God. ago was this? I got told this about 10 years ago, so it's... Over 10 years ago. If you're listening in that shoe, let us know what became of you. Yeah. He's now selling new builds in Eastbourne. <laughs> had a terrible day the other day. Brought back memories. <laughs> We've got driving test fails, Josh, after Scarlet Moffat. Oh, yeah. Hello, you sexy, relatable pair. I was catching up on the episode with Scarlet Moffat and listening to your driving test stories and thought I'd share a few of my test stories with you. I had seven tests before I passed. And in the days when I was learning, the examiner asked you to read around a number plate as you walked out the test centre to your car just so he could know you could see. Yeah. Then after the driving test, he asked a few questions from the highway code book. Yeah. After one of my tests, the examiner asked, what signs would you expect to see on country lanes? Which are applied, free range eggs for sale. Yeah, it's the classic. It's the absolute classic. Lovely stuff. So he said, no, let's try another one. What should you look out for on country lanes? Peter and wild strawberries. To which I replied, hedgehogs. Apparently it was pedestrians as there are no paths. Who knew? Oh, that's so vague. Mm, I'm not saying hedgehogs is right. No, when no one's saying that. And I'd say, if in doubt on your driving tests, always look out for pedestrians. Yeah. If, if in doubt, other cars or pedestrians. I'd say, whenever driving. 
Yes, I know, but obviously if you're trying to pass a test, if you don't know what to say, just say pedestrians. It will never be hedgehogs. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I find, and I say this as someone who spent a lot of time walking on country lanes, Mm. I find the fact you have to walk on the right tense. You're supposed to walk into the traffic, aren't you? Yeah. So that you can see it and jump out. I think we might have done this, talked about this before. Do email in if we have, but I find it too tense. I'm still too scared. We've got a lovely country pub that's about a 10-minute walk from ours. Still too scared to walk there on the country lanes. I don't know what I'm going to do. Which is mad considering uh, when you went to university, you became a citizen of the world. Mate. And, you know. (laughs) Mate, I took my bins out the other day, yeah? Yeah. I thought I was getting jumped. I thought there was a gang of people jumping me and going to kidnap me. Do you know what it was? What? Three deer <laughs> ran past me. I absolutely shit myself. I just stood there, oh tense by the bin as they run past. A bit like, you know, in, in Jurassic Park? Yeah. You're not supposed to like look yeah. at the velociraptors in the eye. They're massive. They're massive, Josh. Yeah, of course they are. I thought I could beat up a deer. I don't think I can. No, well, not three of them. Not with the big antlers. I think actually it might be easy with the antlers because you could grab them and just launch them, like spin them around. <laughs> I think they're more pesky without anything to grab onto, do you know what I mean? Yeah. They're terrified. Anyway, this is more this lady that said hedgehogs. She's still failing. Yeah, she's useless. Tina from Essex is all over the place. On my driving test, doing my three-point turn, I said, whoops, I think I hit the curb, to which the examiner replied, no, that was the lamppost. <laughs> <laughs> it was already on the curb and hadn't noticed. One final massive foul happened when I was driving the examiner on the road I'd driven several times I was really pleased that before I overtook all the parked cars I remembered my mirror signal manoeuvre mantra and made a real show of looking in the mirror before indicating but as I was about to manoeuvre the examiner slammed on the brakes and asked what I was doing apparently there were temporary traffic lights and the parked cars were just waiting for the traffic lights to change to green oh my god I was about to overtake them all I hadn't noticed the lights oh my god another one here I had to pull over is that the same woman it's the same woman and these are on her tests these aren't even in the lessons fucking Nora I had to pull over and he took the keys and walked back to the test (laughs) centre I had to pull over and he took the keys. Yeah, I've heard about that. And we had to walk back to the test centre. And my driving instructor had to walk back to the car. He said I was a danger on the road and didn't rebook me for any more lessons. That was a bit of a low point, but I didn't give up. Even on my final test when I passed. I think you should have. Yeah. Even on my final test when I passed, I managed to click one of the side mirrors going through the restriction markers on the road. (laughs) Fuck it out. But you'll be pleased to hear that my driving has improved over the years, except when I'm listening to you guys. I've been known to miss two turnoffs on the M25 and ended up on the QE2 bridge and on my way to Kent. (laughs) (laughs) Tina in Essex. Fingers crossed she stays in Essex. My kids are grown up now. Luckily, they survived the car journeys. Yeah. Tina from Essex. Fair play, Tina. Tina's a name that's sort of dying out, isn't it? Yeah, I like it as a name. I like the name Tina. I've got Auntie Tina. Big up Auntie Tina. One of my favourite aunties. Definitely in the top two. Top two? Well, I don't want to upset the other ones. Well, don't say the other one isn't top one and they can all presume they are. I'd say top two aunties. Hi, Rob and Josh. This is called Beast of Bodmin stroke tall man syndrome. I've been meaning to message for a while. I'm a mum of one-year-old girl, and your podcast has kept my husband and I going through ups and downs in the first year, toddler years incoming. (laughs) A few weeks ago, you were talking about the beast of Bodmin and whether it exists. The answer is yes. There are big cats in the wild all over the southwest. My husband saw a black panther outside a village on Dartmoor a couple of months ago. It's as scary as it sounds. 
So as a man that shat himself when he saw some deer, how would you react, Rob, if a black panther? I would try and take a photo. If it was daytime, I'd be more confident. Yeah. I always get scared at the night time. Yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. You can't see where you're going. And it's so dark in the countryside, isn't it, Josh? Yeah, oh, yeah. It's so dark. But you can see the stars. You can see the stars. Yeah, I've seen some lovely stars. So if it was safe, I'd take photos and video evidence because I'm a big believer in the beast of Bodmin. Yeah. However, I would... I think if I was taking the bins out and I saw a panther, I'd empty, I've got one of them big bins, you know, the big ones, wheelie bins. Yeah. I'd empty it all and get in the bin and hold it shut. Yes. And then I'd ring Lou and say, drive to the bin. Let me know when you're by the bin. And if the panther's gone, I'll get out the bin and get in the car. <laughs> but I'd hide in the bin until she came. Um, Shall we do a couple more funny things your kids brought into school? Yeah, come on. As a teacher, I once had a little girl fall over, and when she landed, something started to vibrate in her pocket. No. no. Thinking she bought her parents' phone, I asked her to hand it to me. Unbeknownst to me, it wasn't a phone. It was her mum's bullet sex toy. Oh, my God. She placed it onto my open hand and said I didn't know lipsticks. <laughs> open hand. She placed it into my open hand and said I didn't know lipsticks could do that. I had to keep a very straight face while disgusted it was in my hand and gave it to my, in brackets, male head teacher to hand back at the end of the day. Needless to say, I've never been so thankful for hand sanitizer. Oh, my God. Absolutely love listening to you on the way to school. And as a teacher, can relate to so many stories. Thanks for bringing all the joy. Thanks, Chelsea. We had this before about a cock ring, didn't we? It's got to go into a jiffy envelope. Yeah. With Mr. or Mrs. Mrs. Pervert. Mr. Sex Man. And then yeah. you just hand it back and say, oh, your daughter brought this into school today. I wouldn't open it in the playground. Yeah, I think so. But I don't think I could be that professional. No. I think I'd say something. Well, I think I'd just wink. Oh, I think that's creepy. Yeah, that is creepy. That's worse, actually. I'd turn it on in the bag and give it to her. Oh, I bet you would. <laughs> Hi, Rob and Josh. A classic boomer story. My mum still likes to hold over my dad's head. Dates back to 1990. <sighs> When I was about two and my mum had just started working from home as a caterer. One day my mum had a big John to cater for, so my dad kindly offered to get me out of the house by driving me down to the coast for the day in his old classic car. Fortunately, about an hour from home, his classic car broke down on the side of the road. And as this was before mobile phones, my dad had no choice other than to try and fix the car himself. For the next hour or so, my dad, who was not a mechanic, tried to repair the car whilst I apparently slept in the car passenger seat. During this time, a family friend who sees my dad broken down on the side of the road pulls over, kindly offers to take me home to my mum and to call a breakdown service to come and fix the car. For some unknown reason, my dad turns the family friend down as he was convinced it wouldn't take much longer for him to fix the car. A few more hours pass by. It's starting to get dark when a couple <laughs> of old ladies pull over and ask my dad if there's anything they can do to help. Probably much to that surprise, my dad says... Yes, actually. Would you mind taking my two-year-old home to his mother? No. Hands me over to two complete strangers. Fuck it out. Meanwhile, at home, my mum's finished the catering <laughs> of the day and gone round to my neighbours for a bottle or two of wine when two old ladies show up holding two-year-old me. Oh, Max, we just given an address. Fortunately, whilst my mum was getting merry, our neighbour notices out the window two old ladies standing outside of my parents' house holding a baby probably looking rather worried that there was nobody in. All's well that ends well. And to this day, my dad says, this proves he's a good judge of character. <laughs> I love, lovely defence. Batted off for a four there. Boom. Yeah. Meanwhile, I often wonder what my life would have been like and uh, I've been brought up by these two kind old ladies. Thanks, Charlie. Incredible. That is mental. <laughs> 
It's a dangerous for mobile phones, though, isn't it? Which is even worse, in a way. Yeah, so difficult life. How would I like to get the A to Z out to work out where they lived? I imagine how old that classic car was. It was 1990. It was already classic. <laughs> cheeky small business shout. Uh, are we doing small business? I've yeah. just gone into it there. Let's give them a little cheeky small beer, so. Yeah. Pump up the jam for some businesses. For your Australian listeners, down under. Here we go. I run a small business from our home and farm in Dowerin, rural Western Australia, creating custom engraved wooden height rulers, designed as an alternative to measuring your kids on a door frame, etc. Good idea. Our rulers mean that you can capture all the kids' heights markers, create a beautiful family heirloom, something that can be passed down the generations. Check out our business and general family shit show on Instagram at Measure My Tribe. Lovely. Originally from northeast of England, I love listening to your podcast each week. The Aussie banter just isn't the same as high quality British comedy. Couldn't agree more. <laughs> Thanks for the laughs and keeping that homesickness at bay. I love the Aussie banter. It's 40 degrees here with Christmas decorations going up. Feels all wrong. Ooh. Still after 15 years. All the best legends, Lou. We could do a tour in Australia, Josh. We could. <laughs> Oh, my God, sorry. Are you going to do Australia when you do your next tour? They always talk about it. And it's never happened yet. <laughs> That's a big gap, wasn't it? Were you stretching? Yeah, I was stretching. All right, here we go. Hi, Rob and Josh. My name is Lisa, a long-time listener who would love a small business shout-out, please. I'm a self-employed professional kitchen cabinet and furniture painter based in Somerset. I cover this county as well as Bristol and Devon. My business, A Twist of Somerset, has been running since 2016 and offers a bespoke painting service. So if you're looking for an affordable, personalised and sustainable way to give a tired kitchen or piece of furniture a new and beautiful look, I'm your girl. For more information or to view my portfolio, visit my website, www.twistofsomerset.co.uk or you can find me on social media, at Twist of Somerset. Twist of Somerset. Love it. Good luck. Look, Oh, lovely. Lovely bit of painting. Good photos as well. Lovely. Twist of Somerset, Josh. Lovely stuff. Love it. Right, I'll see you next time, Joshua. On Friday. Friday. See you then. Big day. Big day. Huge. I'm Scott Bennett. And I'm Gemma Bennett. And together we are Brew, Brew with the Bennett. Yeah. Say it Brew, together. Brew, Brew with, with the, the Bennett. Bennett. Every Sunday, a bit of chat. Bit, bit of... Humour. Humour. Together. Tea. Tea. Cuppa. Coffee. Brew. And chat. Yes, it's good. Join us there. I've just noticed you always go, before you say so. <laughs> just listen, do it again. <laughs> no wonder I have anxiety. Oh, my God. Hello, my name's Joe Wilkinson, and I do a podcast with David Earl. It's called Chatterbix. Chatterbix is a podcast, magazine, and chat show, isn't it? Yeah. We're on three times a week. We have loads of guests, special guests, surprise guests. Can I read some of the highlights? Yeah. Interviewing a Red Arrow pilot. Visiting a haunted house. Chatting with Ricky Gervais, Harry Hill, James Acaster, and Catherine Ryan, amongst others. Backstage at the Blur concert at Wembley. And I met my hero, Andrew Roachwood, and I cried. So that's Chatterbix. C H A T A B I X. Chatterbix.